Hello, Coach Capel. How are you doing? You look so relaxed, more relaxed than anybody that I've talked to so far. <laughs> you know, I'm doing okay. We, um, my family and I decided uh, about a little bit over a week, about two weeks ago now, when all this stuff was just getting started, um, we decided to come to the beach. Uh, we rent a place down here just about every year we've been doing it. My oldest daughter's 12, so I think this is the 12th year. And we just decided to do it a little bit earlier. Um, our kitchen in Pittsburgh, we're redoing our kitchen. So we don't have a kitchen back there. And so we thought just to kind of get away into, if we can't go outside or do anything, we can at least enjoy the water. So it's been good. Which beach are you guys at? We're in North Carolina. Oh. Um, down to Wilmington. And uh, this is a place that we've been coming to for about the 12, about the last 12 years. We started it towards the end of my time at Oklahoma. Um, I think maybe the last three years we got to a point once we had kids that when we would come back to North Carolina, my wife is from here. Her family's from here. My parent, her family still lives here. My parents still lived here. And so uh, when we would come back, it was kind of a big deal. Like, where are you staying? <laughs> are you going to Raleigh or are you going to Fayetteville? So we just decided to start coming to Wilmington and have everyone come <laughs> here. And so it will be a thing where like in-laws, my parents, my brother, when he was in North Carolina, my wife's brothers, both of them live in Raleigh. So everyone would just come down here, cousins. And so it would be a big thing. So that's where we are in Wilmington. Is that close to the Outer Banks? Right? It's or not little... close to the Outer oh, Banks. Okay, it's not. Outer no. Banks is like way, you know, I've actually, I've actually never been to the Outer Banks. Oh, you should go to, if you guys get an opportunity, I mean, I, I would imagine that's pretty, that's good social distancing. I can't imagine yeah. anybody that's out of the Outer Banks right now, but it, that's yeah. actually really pretty too. Yeah, and it's great social distancing here. And one of the things with this place is that it's private. Mm -hmm. So even in peak times in the summer, there's hardly anyone here. So it's one of the reasons I like it. Social distancing is actually not that hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is a piece of cake. Yeah, this is normal. <laughs> I, that's funny because my, my parents are the same way. I, I have no problem really social distancing, although it's a little hard in New York City. We don't really have a choice because it's yeah. such close quarters. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are have the opportunity to go out to the beach away from everybody else. And you look very relaxed. And even <laughs> though... What? Purell. Where's the pur Purell? Yeah, where's the Purell? <laughs> it's over there. Um, you know, it's right next to the bleach. I'm sorry. That was my husband. He was at, we have like 50 things of Purell around here, by the way, just so you know. So I don't know why he's asking where the Purell so you're is. You were one of the ones that hoarded the stuff. No, actually, I no, I actually bought two gallons of Purell when we had our um, our son Duke, and that was eighteen uh -oh. months ago. So those two gallons have actually lasted us a year and a half. And fortunately, yeah, we we still have a whole gallon left. Uh, we're going okay. through it a little bit faster right now, but sure. we're we're good. We we're not hoarding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, you know, Coach, I've I've talked to a few basketball players so far, particularly college basketball. And I think 
what was what makes it a little bit tougher for you guys compared to let's say the NBA is the NBA they were just kind of towards the end of their season in the middle of the regular season and I think for you guys you were almost towards the end entering the postseason a little bit and the rug was completely pulled from from underneath you but how are you personally doing and handling all of this you know it's different it's 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 very very different for us our season was over you know we had lost on Wednesday in the ACC tournament to NC State and so we were done um, so this time of year we really wouldn't be doing much of anything except for guys getting a break, guys coming in individually, getting some work in. Where it hurts the most is recruiting. Mm. Not being able to get out, not being able to have kids on campus, uh, to continue to cultivate those relationships. Um, That's where it hurts the most. The people that I feel the sorriest for in our sport, in men's basketball, you were just getting ready to get to the greatest part of the season. Everything you build up for the NCAA tournament. And I really feel for those guys as a guy that played in the NCAA tournament and understands the magnitude of that. I really feel for those kids, especially for the ones that are seniors, that this was going to be their first time getting to that point. Um, You know, I really, really feel for them. So in some ways, at least for you and and any of your upperclassmen, you know, they got their opportunity to just finish out the season, even though it happened very quickly, but at least they were able to kind of close the door and shut the door on this season. Yeah, we were. I mean, I I would have loved to have won our last game, um, but we played against a good NC State team and we lost. Um, Look, it's hard for everyone. This is a, this is a, this is a time that we have not seen in the history of this country. And all of us are going through uh, an adjustment. Mm. And I, you know, I think that's the key word. And, and one of the things that sports teaches you, and you know this, is that you constantly have to adjust. And you have to be willing to adjust and you have to adapt. Um, and that's what we're having to do now. Now, it's, ha- it's changing so much. It can change within 24 hours. But we're having to adjust and adapt to things. And uh, it's just different. You know, right now you have to be really, you know, you have to be a really good listener. You have to follow instructions. Um, And we have to do what's necessary in order for our country to prosper, in order for our country to get back on its feet. You know, we're down right now. And uh, we need everyone in this fight together uh, in order for us to get back to our feet. I saw that you wrote a letter to Pitt fans, and it was titled Adapting in the Face of Adversity. It was a really well-written um, letter with a lot of messages in there. And a couple of the things that you pointed out in terms of lessons that could be learned from this was, number one, gratitude, and then number two was that 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 element of adapting. And if I, I always love relating sports back to life because I think that sports is the greatest metaphor um, and teaching tool for life. And I know that from a, from a athletic perspective, the best athletes and the best teams in the world are the most adaptable and they can adapt in any given moment and they can change their strategy, especially when they're facing adversity. How have you been able to use that lesson to talk to your players about learning how to adapt in a very difficult situation like this? Yeah. I mean, it's something that we have to do. One of the big things for me also, and this came from my dad as I was growing up, is don't complain. Um, 
that's harder now, you know, especially what we're going through. People have some real stuff to complain about. I totally understand that, but we have to adapt and adjust. And one of the, one of the big things with that is following instructions. Um, we are used to, you know, having these freedoms and being free spirits and going out and being social and doing things. And right now that has to be put on pause. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at a point right now that, that you have to be still and you need to just, you know, you know, to me, what it's doing is that it's given us time to kind of reacquaint ourselves with our families, um, to get that connection back. I think here in this country, you know, one of the interesting things is that last summer, this past summer, we took our team on a foreign tour to Italy. And that was my first time to Italy. Mm. And you see just kind of their culture in a lot of the shops, restaurants and things that were closed down around lunchtime because they went and did things with their family. Um, And when I saw that, I was, you know, I was kind of taken aback and it was, you know, like you look at their culture and it's a little bit more laid back. It's more family where here in America, everything is hustle and bustle and busy and, you know, you got to kind of keep climbing this ladder. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but maybe this is something to get us reacquainted with family and, you know, to understand how important that is. One of the cool things is that, you know, when I talk to my guys, number one, like everyone, they're bored at home. And I understand that, especially as a college kid. Um, but they're spending more time with their family. They're telling me things that they've done that they haven't done really since they were younger. So that's really, really cool to see. Is that one of the greatest lessons that some of your players have, have been able to take away from this? Or or are you having to, because, you know, 18, when I look back at my experience as a college, uh, as a college student athlete from 18 to 22, I was fairly mature enough to know what was going on. But I also look back and I was like, I was so immature. And I, there were so many things that were going over my head. But are they able to, in any way, um, see the silver lining or, or uh, blessing in disguise in all of this? Or are you as the leader and the coach having to kind of point it out to them a little bit more? Well, it's something we certainly talk about. Now, I'm not saying it's something they come up with on their own. So I, it probably is me trying to point these things out like you as an 18 to 22 year old student athlete. You don't realize it, but you're into you a lot. Like you're really into you and your stuff and how do you look and how is this going to affect you? And as you get older, you understand that it's about me and we and all the things that you learn being a part of a team can really, you can really apply those things to life, to everything in life. I agree with you. Sports is an incredible metaphor for life. Um, you can learn so many lessons about life through sports. And so, uh, it's something that we talk about. I do think, they, I, I, I do think young people today maybe understand things more than I did when I was their age. Hmm. I'm, I'm ancient because the Internet wasn't that big back when I was in college. Certainly you didn't have cell phones or texting and Google and all these things like that. So information is easier for them to attain right now than it was back you know, in the mid-90s. And so I do think they, they are a little bit more aware and cognizant of things mm-hmm. than I was when I was their age. 
Uh, I know that you have um, listened to the show, and I appreciate your support. That's a, that's a big listener that I will definitely, uh, I very much welcome. So you know the concept of the show and the focus of preparing athletes for life after and beyond sport. And there's a lot of athletes right now who are fumbling and really struggling and really anxious because they can't, they can't even train, they can't even play. But wh- how could they use this time productively, um, whether it's devoting some time to their craft or even beyond sport? What things could they do right now? Well, I think one of the things I think when you're an athlete and you're especially when you're in your moment, what I mean by that is that like you're in your prime, you know, you're playing and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you're worried about you. And so you're always kind of thinking of how can I get better at this? How can I get better at that? You know, you, a lot of times we identify ourselves with our sport. Hmm. It's you place value on yourself on is how good you are in your particular sport. I think right now, because you have to be still, I think it's important for athletes to start trying to maybe figure out, okay, what do I want to do? When it's done, and for all of us, it ends. For me, it ended at 24. I was done at 24, and I never thought that would happen. But I think to to start giving some thought to what do I want to do when I'm done and to start maybe creating a plan for that. Um, networking. Now, it's hard to network now, you know, physically, mm-hmm. but calling people, texting, email, doing what we're doing, Skype or Zoom or FaceTime and things like that. Relationships, building relationships, cultivating relationships, developing relationships, all those things like that. I think that's something that athletes can do right now, you know, to really, really help them um, for when it's all done. Because that's what we're living through right now. Like you really can't go anywhere and train. You know, th- like there's nothing you can do. There's no competition, and so you know you start thinking about different things, different ways for you to have success. Yeah, I think I think that's great advice. Um, I think you're spot on about this is a really good opportunity because we have so much time to reflect on not only what you want to do, but it's also an opportunity. And I don't know if this will, will stick with some of the younger student athletes, but it's an opportunity to figure out who you are and yes. who you are be- beyond being an athlete. Because I know for myself, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do unless I start figuring out who I was and, and not just prim the tennis player, but prim the person. And, and, yeah. and it took me a very long time to figure that out. You know, I think it takes a lot of us a while. I talk to my guys about this all the time right now. And every team that I've coached, especially when I was a head coach, I've, I've talked about this. Do not identify yourself with just as a basketball player. It's something I did when I was at Duke. Mm-hmm. The only place at Duke that I really felt comfortable was on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And so if things were not going well on the basketball court, I was all messed up. I was all messed up back when I was playing. This is the, the early to mid nineties. The, 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 you know, the mental health, the anxiety, those things, you didn't talk about those things. It was taboo. And so right now I talk to these guys, like get involved in campus. Like you are more than just an athlete. Like you are a student, get to know your fellow classmates, 
get to involve, I mean, like, you know, get involved in causes. There's something, if you open your eyes and you allow things just to happen, you will find something else that you're passionate about. There will be something that comes up if you have an open mind. You know, you can't just have this tunnel vision. It helps when you're in that moment. Yeah. But there's more to life than basketball or tennis or football. Yeah. If you're fortunate, you'll play it in my sport. If you're fortunate, you'll play it. Like, you're lucky if you can play it to your 32, 34 yeah. years old. But then what do you want to do after that? I hope that you've made a lot of money and all these things like that. But that's not everything. And so how do you see yourself? And I do think that's important right now to start to reflect on that. Do you remember remember your very first step in terms of like dipping your toe in, okay, who is Jeff Capel beyond the basketball court? How do I take that first step? Yeah, I I mean, I definitely remember it. You know, when I finished my senior year at Duke, um, I was getting ready for the Chicago pre-draft camp, which was a big thing. And I was in Cameron. I was working out, and I went up to shoot a jump shot, and I landed wrong. And I was by myself, and I felt something in my back and later realized that I had ruptured a disc in my back. Mm. And so from May until September, I was out. I couldn't do anything. I elected not to have surgery. And so I started to think about it then because the thought that basketball could be gone, you know, was right there. And then after my first year out of college, I played in the CBA my first year. After my first year, I got really, really sick. And they took a while to figure out what was wrong with me. And then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And so I missed my second year of playing. I couldn't play. I was so sick, hospitalized a few times, had to find the right combinations of medications. And so it was really during that time because all I had was time. Yeah. I was trying to get over an illness. I was dealing with all these different thoughts and the game was snatched away from me. So it was during that time that I started to figure out who I was, um, appreciate who I was besides a basketball player. And I had some really, really important people in my life that are still in my life that really helped me through that transition. Mm. Yeah, I think during moments where um, they can come, it can be disguised as tremendous adversity um, yep. and a negative period or event. But I, I've always felt that it's really people have a lot more control over their destiny than they really think. And it's, you know, we can't control what happens to us, but you can definitely control how you respond to everything. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, this is a very serious time and moment. But you know what? I, I also want to make sure we have some fun because that's all we can really do. It's all about yep. connecting. So I gave you a little heads up on the rapid fire. Are you ready, coach? I'm ready. Okay. Well, I can see what you're wearing, but what are you wearing? What are you sporting right now around the house? I have a fit shirt on, <laughs> our new logo. Got some sweats on. Got to sport and the always, sweats. Anyone that knows me, I always have on white sneakers. That's that's kind of my thing. Oh, my gosh. I never wear white sneakers. I'd always get them dirty. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I would get them dirty all the time. Uh, when's yep. the last time you showered? Have you showered recently? Yeah, I showered yesterday. I worked out yesterday. Okay. I showered after the workout. Good. No smelly vision right here. What are you no. reading or watching? 
watching just movies. We actually just finished watching um, Any Given Sunday. Hadn't seen that in a while. <laughs> really good movie. I was in the, the last time I went to the barbershop, I took my son to actually get a haircut. They had it on in there. I realized I hadn't seen it in a while, so we threw it on last night and finished it up this morning. Oldies, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Do you have a comfort toy or comfort object that's helping you through all of this? My phone. That's it. <laughs> I know that it could be your comfort toy, but it it could also be a little detrimental to your health as well, depending yeah. how you process it. How about how about some comfort food? Comfort food. Uh, you know, one of the things I've had every morning down here is a great breakfast. Hmm. That has been real. That's something I never do. Have breakfast. And so I've, I've had a great breakfast every morning. You wouldn't be able to have that at your house because you don't have a kitchen. I would not be able to have that because we do not have a kitchen. So. Yes, silver lining, see? Um, do you have some, a comfort phone call, somebody that you call in, in when you need love or support? My mom, always, 100%, oh. always. Since I was little, my mom, if I need a pick-me-up or something to make me feel better, that's who I call. I love it. Uh, I don't know if you're mobile right now, but could you show us your comfort spot in your house? Comfort spot. And, and so this is not normal because, again, we're at the beach. How about that, though? Oh, my gosh. That's comfort right there. That's amazing. Yeah. That but, is Wilmington. Will I love Wilmington. It's so pretty. Yeah. So this is Sid. Say hello. Hi, Sid. <laughs> we this is like the most kid friendly show we've had more kids on this show than than anything else i've done in sports um, so this spot right here this is where it. i go it's just a little chair right there oh nice little so I'll come chase i'll sit right here and you turn it and the tv it's right there that's so it. that's my comfort spot that looks really comfortable too it looks very squishy that's what it's yeah. all about. Um, yeah. Hey, oh. while you're up, can you show hey. us what's in your fridge? Hey, what's going on? Hi. Where are you, Elijah? Are you brushing your teeth? <laughs> Good job. High five. <laughs> uh, can you show us what's in your fridge? What do you have cooking up in there? Let's see what's in this fridge. <laughs> this is the fridge. All right. Some stuff I cooked up last night. It's good. Stuff right here. It looks like a vacation fridge. Like not too stocked yeah. up and not too low. You got like the essentials in there. Yeah, that's what we have. Just the essentials. Um, one, pe one quick piece of advice to keep you sane, to keep people sane while they're going through this. You have to be patient. Yeah. I think that's the thing, you know, for a lot of people. It's an adjustment being at home, and especially when uh, you have young kids. <laughs> and, you know, for me, yes. I've always appreciated it, but I appreciate even more how amazing my wife is mm -hmm. because she does this all the time and makes it look easy. And so for us as men, you can take it for granted sometimes yeah. because yeah. they make it look pretty easy. And being here all the time, 24 hours a day, it is absolutely not easy. <laughs>
you're like basketball and dealing with a bunch of 18 year olds is way easier yeah. than this. <laughs> um, yep. Last question. Who should we interview next? Who, who would you like to tag? It can be anyone. It can be one of your players. It can be coach, former blue devil, non dookie. I've had a lot of dookies on the show so far. So yeah. Uh, who? Girl, Selena Gomez. No. <laughs> That's a fantastic. If I could get Selena Gomez, I would gladly have her on. But I don't. I my reach is not that good. I would say. Uh, I think Grant Hill would be good. <gasps> That's a good one. Grant Hill would be really, really good. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah, I think they go. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like yeah. that? Does your son like that? Yeah. Grant Hill. That's a good one, right? We'll have to do it. Blake Griffin. Oh, Blake Griffin. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to um, – the fact that you said it and not your dad, I feel like we might have a little bit more pool now. So <laughs> that's a shout-out to Grant and Blake. All yep. right. Well, Coach, I'm going to let you get back to uh, your dad duties. And it right. uh, looks like I'm sure you guys have a very busy day planned, maybe doing some homeschooling. And um, – for us <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you guys stay, stay safe and sound and um, thanks for joining the show appreciate it thanks for having me on alright see you guys